I, I'm glad I've gotten a, to get to know my next guest better, Dennis Dodd, columnist for CBSSports.com, because I think Dennis is a terrific, I'm not just saying because he's here, I think he's a terrific writer, and I also think he covers things to where the average person can understand it, and that's one of the reasons why I have him on a lot. And he's here again today. Dennis's column, Boosters, Collectives, and NCAA's Crosshairs, but will new NIL policy be able to navigate choppy waters? Dennis, welcome as always. Great column here, and I, I think we have to stress first, these are just guidelines the NCA has given us, correct? Yes, that's a good point. Um, as with a lot of things the NCAA does, you can, <laughs> yeah. you can tell by the press release that it was, you know, went over with a fine-tuned comb by lawyers. Uh, guidelines aren't bylaws, and even if they are, then you have to enforce them. Um, so we're, we're far away from that. Now, the NCAA is kind of rattling sabers and saying we will, but that's the next question here. You can come down on boosters and collectives and set these parameters, which are on the books. They've let, it, let this slide for 10 months. It's another thing to take the, the Prius out of the garage or whatever investigators drive at the NCAA and, and you know, drag your butt across the state and go interview somebody. So that that's the next thing here. Um, and I've talked to a couple of people. They have not been contacted by the NCAA, even to – you know, even a phone call to say, hey, uh, what are you doing over there? So that's the next step here to see if they follow through on this uh, on this initiative. And they don't have a lot of investigators to start with, right? Right. Yeah, it's it's been uh, – I wrote it today, and it's been stated before that they're down about 20 for various reasons. I'm not uh, – in the, in the enforcement staff, I'm not exactly sure why. A lot of people have been laid off at maybe something – um, but they're shorthanded, as, as they've always seemed to have been. I mean, I can't remember a time when they weren't. There was a time when John Duncan, the enforcement director, came in to the job, and they beefed it up. They beefed up his staff, you know, not unlike what you would do with a new coach where you give more money in the assistant pool and all that stuff. But that has since gone away, and then their legs have been cut out from, un- from, from under them by NIL itself. So there's that. You know, one of the fascinating things that's going to happen here, I think, Dennis, is going to be just what happens with all of this. Supposing, and I think you mentioned this in your column, if the NCAA comes down and says, you know, booster, no, 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 you, you, you can't associate with University X anymore, well, then that booster sues. I mean, isn't that yeah. a real possibility? Oh, yeah. Uh, I wrote a story Friday quoting uh, Gene Smith, the Ohio State AD, who's on this working group who submitted these recommendations that were acted upon yesterday. And he said, we know there are going to be lawsuits. He said, we have vetted this with the NCAA lawyers. They're looking through it. So my takeaway was they've finally grown a set and, (laughs) you know, decided to, well, I'm serious. Yeah. Decided, okay, you know, the NCAA, the NCAA's number one export is, is legal fees. You know, if it was a country, it would specialize in, in growing and in giving away legal fees because they've had one bad legal decision after another. So they think they either think they're on good, le- you know, good, firm legal ground on this or they're willing to take the hit and, and fight their rules in court, um, which may be the next story on this. If, if their own rules don't hold up, then what are we talking about? Um, this this one's hard because I think you asked ten people in a room, you got ten different answers, Dennis. But in your crystal ball, 
down the road here. What do you think will be the end game or the end result of all of this? I just I was just asked this on a show just now, another show, and I, I said what I've been saying now for months. I think in two or three years we won't even be talking about it, that the market will find its way. These outrageous, in, in general, these outrageous deals will go by the wayside, and I think we'll be conditioned as fans to even reacting to what an outrageous deal is. You know, not, now that we know it's possible to get a, a transfer guard from Kansas State for $800,000, well, let's see what he does at Miami. You know, for that amount of money, I might want a Final Four if I'm a fan, and maybe I'm being too outrageous. But if there are enough of those, then the market is going to lower for these guys, just like in every part of life. That's what makes you know our economy and democracy so great, market capitalism, economics. So I think that's what will rein it in, if nothing else. And again, I think it will just be folded into everything that athletes get, um, and, and we'll concentrate on Saturdays more That it's because it hasn't upset that. Saturdays are still great. The Final Four was awesome. Didn't think about NIL once while I was in New Orleans. Um, so I think that's what will happen. In two or three years, we won't even think about it. I want to pivot to another thing that the NCAA Football Oversight Committee has recommended, and that's taking away uh, – uh, divisions in in so now you can have a different way to crown a league champion do you like that yeah it's pretty much non-controversial when when and all the the uh 10 all the conferences in fbs are going to do it i suspect except the sec because that championship game is so valuable and usually the team you know there is no there's been i'll say it this way I think in, however it's been a lot, it's been 30 years, there have been three true upsets. One of them was Missouri beating Auburn. Missouri was a one-point um, favorite a few years ago. Call that an upset. That's always a great game. They, they, the SEC is not getting any pe- teams knocked out of the playoff of the BCS because of their championship game. So I think they'll all do it except the SEC. And, and it makes sense in the era of expansion to match your two best teams uh, hey, let's say you have, you know, two 11-1 teams, you might you know, be getting two in, in a 12-team playoff or not. But at least the winner, their chances of getting in the playoff is enhanced, iron sharpens iron, if you will. Mm-hmm. And what it does, it eliminates the, the divisional, the possibility of a division. And I used the 2019 example, the Big Ten. I think – that Ohio State was an 11 and one, and Northwestern was eight and four. Now Ohio State won the game, uh, and I think they went to the playoff that year. I'm not sure, but if Northwestern wins, they knock the Big Ten out of the playoff. Right. So this makes perfect sense to to go to one division or one table, if you will, um, sort of like they do in soccer. You know, there's a 37 teams in a in the premiership, you know, and you see them listed in the standings. It won't be quite like that, but they'll be, you know, if, if the SEC does it, they'll be 16 just sitting there, you know, going, uh, going at it. Well, Dennis, always a pleasure to have you again. Dennis's latest column, Boosters, Collectives, and NCAA's Crosshairs, but will new NIL policy be able to navigate choppy waters? It's a good read if you're into this. Always appreciate you, my friend. Thank you. You bet. Thank you. Dennis Dodd, columnist, CBSSports.com.